two is, as I sort of referred to earlier, is not shying away from a conversation, even if the workplace policy isn't yet quite yet developed or the government policy isn't quite yet refined. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Egnall, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. Hi, and welcome back to the Inspire Podcast. I've been talking a lot during COVID-19 about the importance of thinking of and supporting our frontline workers. And one site you can go to if you're in Canada is theppedrive.com. They are desperate for supplies to make personal protective equipment for frontline workers. A lot of businesses and individuals are taking up this challenge in really inspiring ways. So I encourage you to check that out and also to consider making a donation. I donated to my local hospital, St. Joe's, here in um, Bloor West. And uh, we at the Humphrey Group are going to be doing a program where we're giving away seats to people who make donations. So follow us on social media and stay tuned for that. During this crisis, everyone is looking to government. You know, here in Canada, we have a federal government and we have a provincial government. And we have local representatives of, of both branches. And I know, speaking as an entrepreneur and business owner, I've been uh, really pleased to have the proactive response from the government, as well as the local support and communication. I think that's uh, more important than ever for people, and particularly our vulnerable populations who uh, are maybe experiencing this crisis with even greater severity. And so I wanted to have on uh, a politician who is doing, I believe, a great job in a difficult time, my local member of parliament, Arif Varani. And I have him on to talk about what it means to lead as a politician and how he does it with listening, with empathy, and with uh, being there for people. I think even if you're not in politics, the lessons that he offers around communication are fundamentally important to leaders in any industry right now because we don't have any answers. We don't have certainty. All we can do in some cases is be there to listen. And Arif is an expert at that. So enjoy my conversation with Arif Varani. My guest on today's episode of the Inspire podcast is Arif Varani. And Arif, I've, I've gotten to know you before this crisis as my local MP here in, in High Park. But I won't be able to do justice to your career and many achievements uh, even prior to public service. So why don't I let you quickly introduce yourself? Sure. So thanks for having me on, Bart. I'm happy to be part of this podcast. And thanks for putting on this podcast. Uh, so I'm Arif Varani. I'm the member of parliament for Parkdale High Park. I've uh, done, done so for the last five years. Prior to that, I was a human rights and constitutional lawyer, having practiced law for about 15 years on Bay Street and then with the Attorney General of Ontario. I also spent some time at the UN as a war crimes prosecutor and doing international human rights work in India. Uh, as a uh, parliamentarian, I've also been the parliamentary secretary in a few different roles, so helping out with immigration, refugees, and citizenship when we were, when we were resettling Syrian refugees en masse in 2015, uh, and with the uh, Minister of Heritage working on multiculturalism issues, 
and now is the Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Justice. You're under huge pressure. Personally, I know your your wife is active on the front lines and helping fight this pandemic, and yet through it, you've uh, you've been an amazing listener. You've gotten back to me right away. We've had good discussions to talk about challenges facing the business community. And so I wanted to have you on because I think you are a great example, as is our, our entire system of government here in Canada, of how to lead through this crisis. And so maybe I'll just start and give you a blank canvas and say, how are you approaching this? How do you approach your role and the role of government in this uh, difficult time? So I think the best approach that I'm trying to adopt, and I think others are trying to adopt, is that just trying to be a voice of calm, a voice that's reassuring, but also trying to ensure that we are listening to people and doing it in an honest manner. Uh, insofar as I don't have all the answers, uh, my government doesn't have all the answers, but we are responding as best we can and as quickly we can to a very dynamic process. And I think when you're honest with people about that and you're also soliciting their input, so whether it's somebody like you or your listeners in the business community, whether it's individual Canadians whose income security might be jeopardized, whether it's people that have genuine health concerns or are on the inside of the healthcare system who can tell us what things look like on the ground at a given clinic or hospital in terms of medical supplies. All of that information actually is useful for us in terms of developing the responses that people want to see. And I think what's also been um, a nice aspect of this is that it hasn't been a sort of a partisan response. And I mean that insofar as both within this community and across levels of government, everyone is rallying around the cause of just getting through this crisis and doing it as best as possible and saving as many lives as possible. And that's been really amazing to see mm -hmm. because we're not having political squabbles People are just working towards one unified goal. It's really remarkable on that front. I mean, I think if you look at our premier, Doug Ford, here saying, I'm not even going to talk politics until this is over and, and expressing solidarity with the federal government, very laudable. So let me delve a bit into what you're saying there around you're really out there trying to be a voice of calm, trying to listen, and trying to really hear. How do you practice good listening skills? I mean, what are you doing day in and day out? as people are sharing these concerns with you? Sometimes I jokingly say that the job of a good politician is much like a bartender. <laughs> it's illegal to ply people with alcohol, which is good. But, um, but you need to be just a very active listener. And I'm not fantastic at this, but I think I've gotten better at it as the years have gone on. And I've gotten better at understanding that everyone has a viewpoint that needs to be validated but secondly, also people just want to be heard. I mean, sometimes I've had my team remind me that, Arif, you know, you may not have the answer, but don't feel bad about that. Just understand that people want to be heard and they want to know mm. that their concerns aren't going into some black box somewhere, but they're actually being responded to. And I think right now in particular, they want to be heard by a human being mm. because things are so tough and so tight and, and government resources are being strained. There's a lot of uh, waiting on hold. There's a lot of websites. Mm -hmm but there aren't a lot of live human beings to speak to. So me and my team have tried to provide that role of actually being a human being you can interact with uh, virtually, unfortunately, because we're not doing it in close proximity with anyone. But that's an important, that fulfills an important role, particularly for people's mental health. Uh, yeah, well, I'll just speak personally and say it was hugely helpful to have you get back to me so quickly for, for us to have a call and to feel heard. I mean, you and your staff were, were fabulous. And what's the kind of tone when in the dialogue that you're having with your constituents? It's, it sort of runs the gamut. I think people 
sometimes people, to be frank, uh, it's kind of interesting that we're doing so much virtually now, right? Because people can be quite vitriolic uh, in writing mm-hmm. when they're sending, firing off right. an email at, uh, you know, at 1230 in the morning, uh, you know, after midnight. And then when you get them on the phone or get them on a actual teleconference call where you can see their face, people are generally more polite and more hmm. uh, understanding. So that's interesting because it cuts different ways because we're encouraging people to communicate through m- multiple means. But generally, in-person communications are always the most appropriate and measured and professional and human. Uh, and we can't do that exactly right now. So we, we're trying to do the best we can. There are people that are angry. Uh, mm-hmm. There are people that are upset. There are also people that are genuinely scared. And I guess, you know, this is when sometimes being a member of parliament feels like you're a healthcare professional, of which I am not. I'm married to a smart one, but I'm not personally. <laughs> but, but you do feel like it's necessary to validate those emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing I see with my kids. Like people are tired of talking to the same people and seeing the same people in their household. They're getting concerned, um, are developing, uh, you know, mental health anxieties, mm-hmm. et cetera. And just making sure that it's clear to people that that's okay, right? So making sure they understand that this isn't abnormal. Certainly, this isn't anything to stigmatize. We're all going through things like this. And helping them also understand that there is this light at the end of the tunnel and we are working towards overcoming it. And, you know, unfortunately, in Canada, cases are still going up. Mm -hmm. Partly that's because we're testing a lot more Mm -hmm. people. But in other jurisdictions, like the the nation where, uh, you know, considered ground zero in China, They've already crested, so people understand there mm-hmm. will be a crest. So giving them a bit of a sense of the light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. is, I think, uh, important. But in terms of your question, I mean, the emotions are sometimes constructive, sometimes direct, sometimes aggressive, sometimes fearful, sometimes angry. It really runs the gamut. And mm-hmm. again, my job is to just try and listen and understand, validate those emotions. And I think also people respect an individual in my role or, or, or somebody who might be a leader of a large organization employing a large group of staff that they are being heard and that they're being dealt with honestly so people mm-hmm. have said to me thank you for just telling me that it's not quite clear i had a call from somebody whose family member is stuck in, in south asia right now and they've heard a lot about certain countries but not a lot about this particular country and i said that country has less people uh, than some of the other countries, we're working, uh, we're triaging and working as best we can. Um, it may take some time, but there's no Canadian that we're leaving stranded. It just may take a bit more time. And they appreciated that honesty. They didn't want me to try and pull the wool over their eyes. They just wanted transparency and, and a forthright answer, even if it meant that there might still be more delay for their mm. particular relative. I mean, I mean, that must be tough for you, you know, because you're here, you are spending your days taking on people's emotions. How are you holding up through this? So I, I'm managing. I mean, sometimes my kids bear the brunt of it. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes my wife, but I mean, I'm coping, but I'm also trying to uh, get a bit of time. Like we, we have basically the sort of a divided operation in the house. So right. I get a few hours in the morning uh, sort of to do my, my work and I'm on with the kids and then my wife is putting in just incredible work. She's a quarantine manager with the Public Health Agency of Canada, helps set up Trenton, is running the operation at Pearson. So she and all of her colleagues at the Public Health Agency are doing incredible work. So I'm trying to support her as best as possible. But I also try and nip away for a run every two days and I make sure I social distance when I, I see another runner. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's just important to just get out some of those, that restlessness and that nervous energy and just mm-hmm. exercise and have time to yourself. I don't listen to the CBC when I'm running, although right. I a lot otherwise. I listen to just, you, you know, break. like something on Spotify that's completely unrelated to the CBC that just helps me run and disconnect a little bit. 
And with the kids, we've been doing an Avengers marathon series. So, oh, nice. we, we, so I can tell you all about Iron Man and Hulk and uh, and Thor. Yeah. And we're working our way towards Endgame uh, soon enough. So you, you've shared a lot of, of great personal perspective on you know how your role plays out and the skills you're using. You know, people listening, obviously, most will not be in government or holding elected office, but you know, like me, they they may run companies, or they may lead teams, or and they're suddenly thrust into these roles of dealing with uncertainty and being looked to for leadership. What advice would you give to them around how to communicate with their people through this time? So I guess a few things. One is that being available and open for that communication, including like a virtual meeting online or a phone call so that people feel like they're actually being heard. Two is, as I sort of referred to earlier, is not shying away from a conversation, even if the workplace policy isn't yet quite yet developed or the government policy isn't quite yet refined, still being open to having a conversation, uh, knowing that you don't have all the answers and being forthright with, with people saying that this is moving extremely fast and we are responding as fast as we can, but we haven't and, and don't have the time to do all of the normal due diligence that we, that we would normally do. And I think the third point is just in that, that follows from that is just being honest with uh, either your staff or your employees or your coworkers, or in my case with my constituents, about that very fact. And fourth, giving them a sense of understanding that things can actually change and then communicating when things actually change. So, you know, you and I had a conversation about wage subsidies. We made a change to the wage subsidy. Mm-hmm. Other people have talked to me about consular service in parts of Latin America and compared it saying, you know, country X is doing it this way. Hmm. How come Canada can't follow suit? I've communicated that kind of stuff to the Minister of Foreign Affairs. We are actively making changes and then closing hmm. the loop, going back to that constituent and saying, you know, we heard what you said and we're making that change in this country because of what you said. That gives people a lot of hope in, in the sense that their, their view was heard and their view was acted upon. It doesn't always work out that way, but ensuring that people close the loop is very, very important. And the last piece is just sharing good news stories. And I want to make sure that everyone on, on your podcast, in your podcast audience, understands how much we appreciate as government, how the business community has stepped up, often, you know, breaking down all of those normal barriers that are about commercial proprietary interests and trade secrets and saying, you know, how can Canada Goose work with Tilly or work with The Gap to design new gowns? How can they do it free of charge? You know, it's really an amazing, amazing initiative that people are just changing mm-hmm. and retooling changing their supply chains so that they can repurpose what was once an alcohol operation for beer, for craft beer, mm-hmm. turning it into a hand sanitizer operation, doing it quickly and doing it without a view to pecuniary interest. That's amazing. And it's, a, it's really a testament to the business community and to how Canadians rally behind a cause when we feel threatened by a cause. And there's a lot of people feeling threatened, but there's a lot of amazing responses. So sharing those good stories is, I think, important for any, any leaders listening to this podcast that people need to understand that good things are happening and those good stories need to be amplified. It's always good to amplify them generally, but particularly now when people are craving for some good news stories. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. And there are so many vignettes of inspiration. I mean, my neighbor across the street she came back from, she's a, a, an OB and she came back from a, a holiday. So she's quarantined. And what is she doing? She's making PPE and, you know, the street is providing equipment to her to craft it. I mean, so there, there are just people and businesses all across Canada um, doing what it takes. And, and I think part of what makes that possible, that, as you say, put your commercial or personal interests aside, is that we have a great message from our government 
that we all need to pull together, practice physical distancing and do our part. So, and Arifa, I appreciate you being part of that machine that is helping us get through this. I've certainly been inspired and, and thank you for taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule to come on this podcast. No, you're very, very welcome. It is absolutely my pleasure. And thank you again to the business community. And thank you to everyday Canadians that are that are really stepping up. Like you said, it's, it's, it's a great riding to represent Parkdale High Park because there are so many neighborhood stories that I hear about just like that. Arifa, if people want to stay connected with you, learn more about the work you're doing in this crisis and beyond, where should they go? So there's a few sort of different resources. So obviously social media is a good one. So the, the Twitter handle is Varani Arif. So it's V-I-R-A-N-I-A-R-I-F. My Instagram handle is virtually the same, but just reverse. So at Arif Varani. There's a Facebook page, Arif Varani MP. Uh, my email is arif.varani at parl.gc.ca. Uh, my website has a lot of useful resources and, and links to other resources. So that's a Varani, V-I-R-A-N-I dot liberal dot C-A. And I think a couple of important sort of websites that I, I would definitely want to point people mm-hmm, to because please. they're constantly asking me questions about what's the latest in terms of health information in particular. Each level of government has put one together, which I think is, is critical. I obviously as a federal representative use Canada.ca slash coronavirus. Ontario has virtually the same uh, type of website created. Ontario.ca slash coronavirus and the city of Toronto for municipal matters is Toronto.ca slash coronavirus. Those are all very, very useful, uh, but I'm providing regular updates, as I mentioned, and doing a telephone town hall uh, coming up on April 2nd. So there's lots of ways we're trying to reach out to individuals, both those who are online and those who are not necessarily online and might be more comfortable with a telephone call. And I can attest from experience that your staff is fabulous. They are responsive. And so anyone who wants to reach out, uh, I know will be well taken care of. So thanks for sharing those resources. You're um, welcome. I'll, I'll just give you my phone number as well, uh, Bart, for my, my office. We're also picking up the, uh, the voicemail. So it's 416-769-5072. And good to know that people can reach you, whether they're accessible on the internet or, or not. You know, particularly now with vulnerable populations, it's great to know that you're so accessible and inclusive. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks for taking the time. Okay. Thanks, Bert. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Arif Varani. Uh, Some good lessons there for anyone in leadership who needs to practice good listening, empathy, and care during this incredibly difficult time. And I hope you are enjoying these more frequent uh, emergency-style podcasts to try and bring you some guests and knowledge and advice to practice good leadership during this crisis. Uh, It is a crisis, and that's why next time I'm pleased to welcome Jeff Angel. He's a consultant with the Humphrey Group. He's also an expert in crisis communication, and he and his business partner joined me to talk about the do's and don'ts of leading through crisis. So see you next time on the Inspire Podcast. Until then, be safe, practice physical distancing, and support those in vulnerable populations and on the front lines. Thanks. Thanks.